0: Hello, and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big
1: 12. All right, guys, football season is finally here. Is everybody excited?
0: Yes, yes. Hell yeah.
1: What about the games this weekend? Anybody got any ones on their list? They're really excited to see right off hand. Uh, I'm really interested in the Notre Dame and Texas game. Yeah, me too. I'm
0: interested. I'm interested in just college football in general, man. This weekend is lined up with a ton of games that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing.
1: Yeah. yeah, Thursday Friday was kind of kind of a drab outside of Kansas Stanford, but other than that, it's going to be a heck of a weekend.
2: Yeah, it's probably the best college football opening weekend that I think I've ever seen. It's going to be great.
1: More that that four letter uh, network up in Bristol, they they're definitely pushing that narrative no no doubt (laughs) They got a freaking timer on the screen talking (laughs) about the the greatest kickoff weekend ever countdown clock they got in the corner they've had it on tv all day today all right guys well we're heading to the season finally and it's been a long time i don't know about y'all this has been a long off season This has been long has anybody made this feel like this felt really long to anybody else
2: yes very much so
1: I don't know. I guess it's all the anticipation between the first weekend and then some teams and in the conference and everything. It's just and there's one school in particular, Baylor. God knows it's been a long off season for them.
0: Yes, that's no doubt.
1: Yeah, they're probably more excited. I, as a Baylor fan, I, I, I can definitely say you're probably more excited than anybody else if you're out there to get this season started. Uh, looking at all at all these matchups and everything. Uh, getting back to the little segment I did on the last show kind of continuing this trend of um, little key factors and things we're going to mention at the beginning of the podcast. This weekend, still haven't got any games to pull anything from yet, so we're going to talk a little bit about FPI or Football Power Index. It's something you guys are going to see a lot. You've probably already seen it a lot. Um, I really started noticing it 2014. I think it was the first time I'd ever heard it used. Uh, it's used in the NFL. It's used in college, obviously, as we're discussing here. And uh, a lot of people, there's, a lot, there's some confusion out there. I, I've asked a lot of people um, as everybody in this podcast knows, I work at a lo- rather large place and was talking to several people there. And um, I don't know that I had a single person that could actually flat out tell me what it meant. Everybody thought, well, I, I had everything from, oh, it's a ranking system to I hear it and I have no idea, I just ignore it and go on. And as we get more into these analytics, they become more a part of the sport, as we've seen with baseball and sabermetrics, and it's and basketball has a lot of them, and you th- you know, things like war and stuff like that. Um, a lot of these statistics, I feel like, are becoming more valid in football. I don't know about y'all. Do y'all agree on that? Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Becoming a part of the game
1: for sure. Yeah, I definitely think it's getting uh, a lot more important. So just a little, little short thing here. I won't get into it because, believe me, I could do a whole show on it. But um, FBI, a little bit of what ESPN calls it, uh, the football power index is a measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance going forward for the rest of the season. FBI represents how many points above or below average a team is. So in other words, average being your score zero, you're the most average team in the country. So points above that or below that, and that's where you're at. Projected results are based on 10,000 simulations of the rest of the season using FBI, results to date, and the remaining schedule. Ratings and projections are updated daily. So to discuss that, some of this stuff is. Like I said, zero would be your score if you're considered the most average team in the country. So in that scenario, a team like, uh, what was it here, hang on. A team like, was it Central? Yeah, Central Michigan. Central Michigan has a .4 rating. So they're considered about the most average team in the country, give or take a little bit, okay? So that gives you an idea of what your baseline scale is. Uh, Looking at where some of the teams in the Big 12 rank. The number one is Oklahoma. They're ranked third in FPI at 25.2. Now where I think some of the confusion comes in here People see Oklahoma third in an the FBI. They also see Oklahoma third in the AP poll. And they assume that this is somewhat of a ranking. That's not ranking teams on where they think they'll finish. This is a statistical analysis of several different factors that they've included to give them. And it's a lot. If you, any of you gamblers out there, it's a lot like Vegas. Vegas includes a lot of this information to help them come up with a score to give a team. And how many in that. Analysis will give them an idea of how much one team will be favored over the other one. It's a lot of the same factors. Even SPN, there's a quote on a website you can go to, and they say the same thing. Um, to give you an idea of the lowest one, Kansas is number 90, let's see, 97 in the country, and they are negative 7.7. So that gives you an idea. And, and where some of this can really shock you if you're going off rankings, number two in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State with 19.3. So, and that, and like I said, that's above zero line average, you know, and so it's just something I think everybody, you're going to hear a lot. If you don't understand it, do yourself a favor, look it up. You can you can Google, as many of you use, I'm sure, um, ESPN's FBI index or something along those lines. And they believe me, I have five pages, six pages in front of me that explain it all. You can look up anything you need to know about it and fully understand it, everything that goes into the analysis and all that, so... Anybody? Yeah, if you
0: watch if you watch ESPN these days, I mean, you see that FBI number thrown out pretty much every every episode when they talk about college football or even even NFL.
2: Yeah, it seems like that's going to be a number that's going to start taking over and being one of the baselines of, of stats. It's, I think it's one of those things where over time it's really going to be one of the main factors that everybody's going to know and understand and be able to relate to better. You know, given given some more information and over time, so.
0: Yeah. Yep, and even, even over the past couple of years, it's been pretty pretty damn accurate as far as where teams finish and, and things like that, yeah, that at was, the end of the year.
1: That was another thing I was going to conclude. And for you guys that are kind of you know negative to this kind of stuff, um, just for instance, Oklahoma last year came in early, the beginning of the season, in the top five, and pretty much didn't leave the top five the whole year. Even when people still weren't taking them seriously yet or after they lost to Texas, they were still around the top five. And – that's just one example I know of. There are several other ones that I can't really definitely give you offhand, but I do just remember in general watching the last year or so where it's, okay, this team's been ranked up there the whole year, and they're staying there. So it, it, I think there's definitely something to it. I don't think it's just more hocus-pocus, more numbers, put it that way. I definitely think it's they they've gotten this one right. So. And I, and I even, um, for this particular episode, added FBI rankings to the games, so I will be including those as we discuss those. Um, okay. On this show, we're going to get into all the Big 12 teams and what they're doing and the games this week, all 10 of them. Uh, the opponents, dead as some of them may be, uh, we're going to get into that and we're going to try to touch on some of the national big games because it is such a huge weekend. We felt like that was important and we promise to include any you know, of that kind of information when it's relevant in this show. Um, and then also, we're even going to go ahead and uh, start recording some of our picks and, you know, write them down. We'll probably, we may even put them out on Twitter or something and let everybody see them. And you guys can hold us accountable and tell us how stupid we are and everything else. <laughs> yeah. So, because believe me, there's going to be a few of them that are going to make y'all want to bounce off the wall. I can already tell. So, uh, we're going to move into game number one. Game number one is going to be Northwestern State versus Baylor. Uh, just to give you a little information on it. It'll be Friday night at 630. Uh, I did not find any kind of television guarantee uh i saw some stuff that said it could possibly be on a fox sports affiliate did anybody else see anything
2: uh, that's all i seen too i think it's more of a localized fox Sports. yes okay yeah
0: well i yeah. think if you're in waco you'll be able to watch it on tv but yeah that's what i say Brady. Get much further outside that area you're not going to be able to get the game
1: you live down there i thought you might have an idea of anything out there i don't i haven't seen anything else other than you might be able to watch it, it was about the only thing i saw yeah. um just to, just one other little thing on going back to the FBI this particular one FBI has Baylor at a 99.5 percent chance to win this game and that's about the highest FBI rating I've ever seen so
0: I would tend to agree with that assessment
2: yeah I, I agree I, you know one thing I'm really looking forward to in this game with Baylor uh you know with all their offensive line defensive line basically leaving uh graduating and stuff I, I'm really anxious to see in this game uh, you can't really tell a whole lot with the skill players but just kind of see how, how well they gel, how well they're picking up blocks, how well they're communicating on the offensive and defensive line. I think that's going to be something interesting to watch in this game, more so than, than their receivers and backs and stuff, because you know kind of what they got there. But with the lines on both sides, it's going to be interesting just kind of watching them uh, see how they're gelling and how, how well they're communicating with one another.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me for Baylor in this game is to get out of the game healthy. Thank I want to I want you know get a, get a comfortable lead early first quarter midway through the second whatever it is get that lead get get Seth out of the game get all your get all your starters out of the game and try to build up some of that some experience on your depth I mean the depth is what's going to kill them this year so try to get those guys in early and get some experience
2: Especially at the quarterback position, because like we talked about in the last podcast, it, they have no one really behind Russell at all. So this this would be a good chance to throw them in there and kind of see what they have to work with, because uh, they're they're going to be in trouble if Russell goes down. So if you know, this might be a good game to start shoving some guys in there and just kind of see how they perform underneath the lights.
1: Yeah, yep. I, I'm interested. One thing I'm definitely interested to see is how Seth Russell does against contact. I mean, he hasn't seen any kind of contact. God knows they haven't touched him in practice. So, and that's one thing I'm interested to see.
0: I bet they avoid that contact as much as possible.
1: Yeah, they probably have. Like,
0: I, I don't see him scrambling any of that game. If anybody gets close, I see him getting rid of the ball quickly. And if they have to scrap the play early, they scrap the play early. I'm sure this is one on their schedule that they just want just to get through and get down the road.
1: But see, that to me, that's kind of a, uh, an interesting side note to this game, something you got to watch because what we all know, Seth Russell, that does really well as a quarterback is run the ball. And he runs really well off the pass. You know, they do a lot of the shotgun draws, fake the handoff, you know, things like that. Um, that, to me, that's, you know, that's interesting to watch. Is he Seth Russell if he can't run the ball?
2: Well, you know, and I must wonder if they're going to have to start eliminating part of that of their game because if he does get hurt, they're they're in trouble. I mean, it's not like a, they have someone in the wings that could play. I mean, they're literally down to nothing. I mean, so mm-hmm. it almost dictates a little bit, I think, what the coaches are going to be calling because – they they can't take a risk, I don't think, with getting him hurt. I think it's gonna be no, a big mistake.
1: Definitely not in a game like this. it's almost like losing your quarterback in a preseason game in the NFL. If you lose it like that, I mean no offense to Northwestern State, but that's uh um, yep. you, you you lose your quarterback in this game, you feel terrible for doing it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think you see much much passing in this game. I think they'll come out run the ball, run the ball, run the ball as much as possible.
1: Uh just a few just a few little note tidbits on the game throw in there. A little bit about Northwestern State. They've added 11 JUCO and D1 transfers to their roster since last season. So they've added some more experienced players to give them some more depth. Um, Their
0: QB is a University of Louisiana Lafayette transfer or something I read, I believe.
1: Yep, Brooks Hack. And uh, if you're a quarterback and your last name's Hack, you might want to find another profession. But um, it's a better
0: last name's Hack in general. It's it's tough (laughs) go for you.
1: Uh, yeah, he started seven games for ULL last season. He's considered a pocket passer. He has two brand new starters on the offensive line protecting him, so we'll see how that goes. Baylor's defensive line is obviously basically new. I guess it is entirely new. Um, they allowed two hundred or they allowed two hundred seventy-five yards rushing per game in FCS last year.
2: So Shocklin would bite, might yeah. run wild on this one.
1: Yeah, would I expect to have a home run game, uh, especially with Jefferson out. I expect them to lean on Shockwood probably a little bit more. Shocklin would probably a little bit more than they intended to originally, but yeah, that, I I kind of look for that. Um, they, according to what I found on them, they have a they've had a solid D in recent years, and their plan, and not only for Baylor, but Baylor was a big reason for doing this, was that they. They plan on running out twenty-two players on defense. They are going to try to run a double, you know, eleven and eleven all all game long. They're going to rotate people in and out at all all eleven positions, trying to stay it's fresh gonna, for Baylor.
0: Going to be tough to do in a up tempo offense.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Baylor against
0: an up tempo offense. I guess
1: that's exactly what I thought about when I read it because they, they that's their plan to try to do. But Baylor is, I mean, as good as anybody. At you're not going to get any kind of stoppage here. We're going so. Um, yeah.
0: One guy one guy I do want to see uh, on the field is K.D. Cannon. You know, he had that off-season knee surgery, like, scope, arthroscopic scope that he had. I mm-hmm. kind of want to see what he looks like and how fluid he is out there on the field.
1: Yeah, he's a heck of a wide receiver, and if he don't have his legs all the way, he's not the same guy. Um, one little other thing about him, they uh, the one big-time team they played last year was Mississippi State, and they got beat 62-13. to um, I... Everything I could tell them, they started 0 five. They won four of their last six. People talking about them as far as their league aspects think they're going to be pretty solid. But for everything I can tell, Baylor's just going to walk all over them. I've got Baylor fifty five seventeen. That's probably about right.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go that high on them scoring that much. K- or not not Baylor, but Northwestern.
1: It's more about late late scoring and nobody left in the game. I don't think it'll be – I mean, I, I expect them to probably have about 10 points and then they probably get one late is what I'm guessing. Yeah, could happen. And, and I mean, I mean, Baylor's new in defense in a lot of places. There's not – you know, it's not necessarily a, it's a given. It's the first game of the year, so you never know. All right, moving on into game number two on our preview is uh, up in Palo Alto, California, Kansas State at Stanford. It's on Friday night at 8 p.m. And on uh, continuing the FBI theme, Stanford is an 85.2% chance favorite in FBI to win that. Uh, what do you all think about that game? Well, I,
2: I think it's going to be a really interesting game as far as to see how well Kansas State's defense plays against the run. I mean, obviously McCaffrey's a stud, and they're going to be handing the ball quite often. So I'm anxious to see how well they can hold up against this run. If they, if they can somehow figure out a way to control the run a little bit, that that game might be a little bit closer than what everybody's projecting. I mean, uh, it's, it looks like Stanford's favored by 14. Uh, so it really depends on if they can control the run. If they can do that and make a few stops here and there and maybe make a kick, fill goes instead of punching it in, it, it might turn out to be a
1: closer game than what everybody expects. Yeah, I'll be curious yeah. to see what special team stuff does too. If McCaffrey can not break, if they can keep McCaffrey from breaking their back a few times,
0: you know,
1: what, what's that, Brady?
0: I was just going to say, you got the gray wizard as the coach there. Coach Snyder, I mean, he's really good at uh, rolling out a really disciplined offense and defense, so I think I think they can do a pretty good job. I mean, they're returning pretty much their whole front seven on defense, so they've also had months to prepare, and I know Coach Snyder's probably been preparing for months for these guys. Um, McCaffrey, he's just a, a talented talented running back that can do a lot of different things so trying to limit him is going to be a challenge i'm not sure they can do it but if if there's a team that can do it and have this much prep time i wouldn't count coach Snyder out
1: no you you know he's going to have him prepared and um you know like i've said to other people off off the show that if they're going to win this game, it's definitely not going to be because they lined up and beat Stanford. They're not going to out-athlete Stanford. They're not going to run them over. They're not. It's going to be some trick plays, uh, sound play, not beating themselves, um, You know, going into kind of the theme of their history of doing that and everything. Uh, since 99, they've led the country with 101 non-offensive TDs. That's by far the most of anybody. Um, they've also had 40 kick return or punt return TDs since '05. They're 56 and 17 when scoring on special teams, and uh, for five straight seasons, K State has led the Big 12 in converting red trips, uh, red zone trips. They're 52 of 55 converting those into scores. Um, they're also 22 and two in home openers or in openers.
2: Well, you know, and, and the thing about a, a Snyder coach team is is one thing I always like about his teams are is that you you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. Exactly. They, they, they do the right thing. They're where they're supposed to be offensively and defensively. Now, whether or not you have, they have the athletes to, to compete with Stanford, you're right. They don't. Mm-hmm. But as far as being disciplined and being in the right spot and doing what they're supposed to do, he's always got them coached ready to play.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm curious. You got to say- you gotta remember, too, Stanford is rolling out two new quarterbacks. You got Ryan Burns and Keller Christ, or however you say his last name. Burns is going to be the starter, but you're going to see a little bit of both of them. And. You know if they can slow down McCaffrey or you know make some make them stops, then they make that they make Ryan burns throw the ball a little bit they might they might be have a little bit of success there and and be able to make this game interesting towards the end
1: yeah they the two new quarterbacks will definitely be key and you know you know he'll he'll be dialing up some crazy stuff to confuse those guys. um you know I, I'm curious to see if they can stop Mike Rector. Uh, also, there's also been a lot of big news about this Trenton Irwin kid in camp. I've happened to see two different articles written up about. He's had a heck of a summer. Um, they they have a talented young secondary. That's probably that's supposed to be pretty good. But I think K State could expose them a little bit there if they have if they can get the passing. If Ertz can throw the ball well enough to beat them, that's where it's going to yeah. have to happen. They're going to have to block neutralize the pass rush because Stanford can run and get after the passer. But that's if they're uh-huh. going to try to take advantage of them, it's got to be there. So what, what you- I think
0: Ertz is sorry, Kendall. Go ahead. I think Ertz is interesting. I mean, you know last year he uh, went down what third play of the third play of the season, so he yeah. didn't even get to throw a pass. So yeah. we don't really know what his capability is throwing the ball. We know that he's a good runner. but if he can if he can extend drives on third down and and pick up those with his legs and keep k State on the field and you know that that limits McCaffrey just being on the bench. So if they can control a lot of clock in this game, it it could get interesting. I don't see it happening, but it could it could get interesting.
2: So what what do you think the score's going to be? What what do you guys acting?
1: I, I got it being 38-17 just in a couple of factors. I think Kansas State uglies it up enough. Uh I you know you know Snyder. Anytime he feels he's outgunned, he's going to try to sit on the ball. Right. If he can have some way to to sit on the ball and kill the clock, he's going to do that. So I, I look for him to do that. Um, you know, I think the line is what, like 14, 15, something like that. That's 14. Um, 14. and I got them a little higher than that. I got Stanford beating them at home. You know, I, I think McCaffrey hits them one time special teams and probably another time on the ground, 38, 17. That's about right. So, uh,
0: yeah, I think, I think Stanford's gonna, gonna run away with it towards the end. I don't think Kansas has, has the talent to keep up with them and Stanford will do just enough to, to be able to pull away.
2: Yeah, so so on to our next game. We got uh, Missouri and West Virginia, and it looks like West Virginia is a ten point favorite at home against Missouri. And so, uh, w- what are you guys' thoughts on this game?
1: Uh, quickly, FBI, continuing that theme, eighty point eight percent chance for West Virginia to win. Uh, this game is also, if you're interested in watching, Saturday morning, eleven a.m. Your thoughts, Brady?
0: I I like West Virginia in the game. I I think the FBI. Pretty much, I feel the same way that FBI does. Uh, Missouri, obviously, they have a new OC this year, uh, I believe, defensive coordinator as well, too. Um, but to me, West Virginia, their run game is going to be too much, uh, too much for Missouri. And and also, I think you're going to see Shelton Gibson, their their wide receiver, have a have a big game.
1: Yeah, they the obviously the new offensive coordinator is a name a lot of uh, listeners might recognize Josh Heupel, the former Sooner coordinator. Um, another name you might recognize is they picked up the running back from Oklahoma. That was the, you know, probably the best kick returner in the Big Twelve the last couple of years, Alex Ross, and he, from what I'm understanding, is starting and is their key back. Um, they also picked up another transfer from Alabama. Uh, his name is Chris Black, wide receiver. They're expecting those two together to kind of add some spark to an offense that honestly lacks any kind of weapons. I mean, they don't really have any guys that make you say wow. They they're they're decent. They're the quarterback, Drew Locke. They think he can be a star, but they haven't really put the guys around him to do that.
2: Yeah, and one thing I'm interested in seeing in this game is who is going to take over the spot of Wendell Smallwood from last year. I mean, mm-hmm, that's big le- leading uh, re- rusher in the Big Twelve last year. So I'm really interested to see how well they do uh, against. Well, it's an SEC team, but although it being a weak one, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, for Big Twelve, we, we take all the beatings on the SEC we can get. So I'm interested to watch and see you know what what their running situation is going to be and uh, how well they play against
1: them. Yeah, that's going to go to the uh, fall in the lap of Russell Shell. Some of you probably saw him a little bit last year. Um,
0: is it Russell or Russell?
1: I got Russell Shell is what I have. I I, I'm pretty sure that's right. That sounds right. Russell Shell. I, I could be wrong. I, I have Russell Shell. I was thinking that was right. Um, but anyway, uh, the defensive line for Missouri. They they're very good at getting after the passer. Um, you know, we've seen uh, Skylar Howard struggle. Uh, anytime he gets any kind of pressure at all, he's a little antsy. He, there's times where it feels like he's lost all control of things that are going on to me. Uh, he. Like yeah, I, like, if they
0: get if they get the Skylar Howard of Arizona State, the bowl game, I think I think this game will get ahead and real quick. But yeah. as you know, last year watching him play, he was up and down throughout most of the year.
1: Exactly. If the pocket had any kind of pressure at all, he bailed a lot of times. If they if they get the guy that played in the bowl game, this game will get over in a hurry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Missouri, put it this way, Missouri cannot let this game get too far away from them. They just even even with Alex Ross. And Chris Black, who's supposed to be pretty solid, um, they they just don't have the weapons to answer any kind of attack from West Virginia. If West Virginia airs it out on them, pretty much at will, it's over before it ever gets started.
2: Well, and you're playing in Morgantown, which. We all agree it's a crazy place. Tough to play. place. It's a hard place. place.
1: Any play. I don't care. I don't care if you if you're Cincinnati and it's not that far of a travel for you. It's a tough place to play.
2: So I, I think we all agree there'll be burning some couches probably come Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I got, <laughs> yeah. I got uh, West Virginia 38-24 in this one, and the only reason I have it a little closer than maybe some, although I don't, I think that's actually bigger than the line, is because I just I think Missouri's front seven. We'll keep them in this game a decent amount at times. I just I don't, but you know I got it. I guess fourteen point game. That sounds about right to me too.
0: Yeah, you know the uh the guard Adam Pankey, for West Virginia is also suspended for the opener as well. So that you know that could could allow Missouri to get in there and and pressure the quarterback a little more. Well, you never know.
1: One guy, one guy to really keep your eye on if you're going to watch the game on the Missouri side of things, and you're not familiar with him, the defensive end Charles Harris. By far their best pass rusher had seven ta- sacks and eighteen tackles for loss last year. Uh, Mizzou was fifth in the nation last year in pass defense. Keep that in mind. Uh, if, in my opinion, West Virginia's best weapon in this will probably be tempo.
2: Yes. So let's, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. We got uh, Southeastern Louisiana at uh, Oklahoma State. And uh, I, I kind of look at this game, and there, there's a few question marks I have that Oklahoma State's going to need to answer in this game. One, obviously, is uh, the offensive line. that They've been struggling over la- last year. They struggled quite a bit. H- how well are they gelling? How well are they communicating? How well uh, the run blocking's going? And another big question that we've been hearing about is, who's going to be starting at running back? We've heard
0: – That's what I want to uh, see.
2: Because yes, Coach Gundy said there's going to be roughly – he said he's going to be playing five different running backs mm-hmm. now. We all know that could be all coach speak on that thing, too. But what I'm hearing a lot of is Justice Hill, the freshman, is is really putting on a show over there. Now, whether or not it's him or Sanders or uh, Carson, I really don't know. But we're hearing a lot of good things out of Stillwater that, that uh, Justice Hill is making some headways there.
1: And I, I can't remember his name offhand, and this is my fault. I apologize for not looking this up because it just now hit me. But there was a guy last year they had going into the season that got injured that was a running back. I think he'll be a sophomore or a junior this year. um He is somebody that they, last year, seemed like they thought he could contribute. I don't know, you know, to what extent now that's getting to be an awfully full backfield of indecision going on there. And, you know, somebody's going to have to take the range of this thing and go off. And, like I said earlier, if Barry Sanders doesn't win this job, I don't think it speaks well for the season as far as that particular part of the offense goes.
2: Well, I agree to a point, but. Being that Justice Hill Justice Hill is a freshman, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, he wasn't there last year. Now, if you're yeah. saying if you're saying based on what they had last year, there, yeah, Carson, I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that.
1: I, I don't. I know Justice Hill; he's local kid. I, you know, I've heard a lot about him. You know, Cullen, who by the way isn't here, had some things he had to take care of. Um, talks about him quite a bit, and I know a lot about him, and I. I expect him to play, especially quite a bit throughout the year i just don't know that he's going to be the alpha in this i i I feel like it's going to end up being Barry, and i could be wrong but i feel like it's going to end up being barry
2: it it very well could be i mean that's the thing that's really up in the air there and you know when it comes to southeast louisiana i i I was reading an article that they took off uh, quite a few days during training camp this this uh this august to go down and help with the flood victims and do those things That so i mean i'm hoping the people in stillwater will give them a good a good cheer, maybe raise some money, uh, maybe pass around a bucket or something in the stands to help help with that, uh, You know, kind of brings you back to reality that football is still a game when things like that happen. And it's good to see that the coach and the school mm-hmm. took the time to go out and do that. So uh, if you're going to be in Stillwater, I hope that you g- give them a good old standing ovation because they, they deserve it. Yeah,
1: the people in Louisiana have it real hard right now. And now you got a hurricane coming through Florida, and Lord knows where that could end up. Um yep. On this game, I'm FBI. Just if you're curious, 99.6% chance to OSU. Um, this is what I have: uh, Southeastern Louisiana State. They get to show up. They get a check for $385,000 for this game and probably an ass whooping um, I don't really see them doing anything else. It, everything I could, it, the one little saving grace they have is an option team. But you're talking about the first game of the year, where Oklahoma State's had you know, probably they probably took an extra week to prepare for this if they're at all worried about it. Um, You know, the one the one little bright spot to them is quarterback to Lindor. He's got twelve hundred twenty eight yards passing seven TDs last year with to go with 189 yards rushing and four TDs. Uh, His season high was 283 passing versus Lamar. So, you know, that tells you, I I mean, uh, no offense to the guy, but he's probably not. I mean, those aren't terrifying numbers by any means
2: no and and what we're hitting on a star too is this is one of their deepest defensive line core they've had in in quite a few years and i agree with that if they're going to be a strong you know if they're mainly a running team that could fall right into oklahoma state's defensive plans as well so that might be good for them
1: yeah i I have a feeling and now oklahoma state clearly has been trained to rush the passer a little more than they're gonna need to in this game and do things like that they're gonna have to stay disciplined you know you know how anytime you you play an option team you can't get out of your lanes but um, you know, given probably the next week or two to prepare for it, I think they'll be all right. Yep. One little one little side note for OSU fans here. If you're a recruiting guy at all, you might remember and I'm not exactly 100% sure how to pronounce this first name. I've seen it about 15 different ways. I tried looking it up. I'm going to say it's either Sion or Sean. Uh spelled really weird. It's S I O N E and Tuhima. Tehum- Uh, He's a guy that was an OSU offer, apparently was interested in OSU, and uh, ended up ultimately becoming an LSU signee in 2014. Uh, He's 6'4", 260-pound linebacker. He uh, ended up getting in trouble, I guess, at some point in 2015 in LSU. There wasn't a ton of information on it, but he ended up serving a four-game suspension to end the year and left and transferred to them. So he will be back in, in this stadium playing for Southeast Louisiana. If you're he, had, just a little side note on him. He had 15, 13 tackles, two for a loss in seven games last year. A little bit that he did play. So if you're a recruiting guy and you recognize that name, yeah, you get to get to watch him a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'm like you though. I don't think this will be much of a game. It's it's more of a go through the motions and try to get healthy. You know, stay out of the game healthy and not uh, get banged up and just kind of try to put together some pieces on the line and, and figure yeah. out, you know, gel together basically. Is this is, this
1: is your game to try to get it right. Uh, and if, if we didn't include it, I apologize, 230, Fox Sports Southwest is where you can find this one. Um, I have Oklahoma State 65-9. to nine.
2: That's probably about the same ballpark I would have too.
0: I, I don't think I'd go as high a score for OSU because I don't think you'll see any starters past halftime.
1: I just think, though, one thing I've noticed a pattern with Oklahoma State the last several years under Gundy, Early on, if they have a chance to absolutely destroy somebody, they will. I mean, if you look at the score, 70 points here, 60 points here, and that doesn't, you know, maybe they – I just feel like the passing attack, an experienced quarterback, uh, off the top of my head, probably the second-best quarterback in the Big 12. Well, third, I guess, maybe behind Graham Harrell, depending on what you feel about him. Or not Graham Harrell. <laughs> a few years behind. Um, a, little, Pat- uh, a little late on yeah, that Yeah, Patrick, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, I apologize. We were discussing Graham Harrell earlier, me and Kendall. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes behind him maybe, but – uh Anyway, that's uh, kind of what I have on that one. So anything else to add to that, Brady?
0: Nope, I got nothing.
1: Okay, moving on to the spotlight game of the week, Rhode Island, Kansas.
0: Hey, this is Kansas' game of the year right here.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. this is your Super Bowl, Kansas fans. Uh, 6 p.m. I have zero television spots for it. I could find anywhere. Uh, if you're at a local bar in Kansas, maybe you'll find it there. I don't know. Uh comes uh, RPI. Brace yourself gives the Jayhawks a ninety seven point six percent chance to win this game.
2: Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty high. Uh, I'll tell you one interesting thing I read it was in the Kansas City Star this week. They the two starting quarterback or two quarterbacks that are battling for the starting position. They to get to figure out who is going to be taking first team reps this week in practice,
1: they have been playing paper, rock, scissors. To, to figure out. <laughs> no who's, way.
2: I, I, I'm not making this
1: up. You're talking about quarterback? Quarterback. I did see where they announced that they're not going to say who the starter is, which right. I think all of us pretty much well, assume it's going to be Willis. Hey, well, Paper,
0: rock, scissors before the game starts.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they've been doing to do the first team reps all week in practice, which it sounds absolutely insane. But, I mean, that was actually the article in the Kansas City Star I read about. And uh, if, if that's the case, I don't, I'm not sure if that means they're sitting good on quarterbacks where they absolutely have nothing at quarterbacks.
0: That's, that's a scary yeah. thing to do. It could be looked is it, at. Is at it at insane point. or is it embarrassing? Yeah. It
2: might <laughs> well, be a little bit both. Yeah, well, right.
1: it could be in, in this is just the way I think about things. Sometimes I don't think like everybody else, it could be a tactic by the coach to kind of loosen things up. They could be kind of, Hey, you know, we're in, screw what everybody's saying about us. Let's go out there and kick some butt and get it over with, you know? Um, that's, that's kind of what it could be. I, and I could be looking into it way too much. That's just kind of what it seems like to me. Maybe.
2: Yeah. I. Just kind of look at this game. This is kind of Kansas. I mean, it's hard saying it because I want to see all the Big Twelve teams do good, but this is their kind of chance to win to win a game. If not, they might be going 0 for this year. So it's yeah, it's an important game.
1: It definitely really is. Um,
0: What's their next one? Ohio, I think.
1: Yeah, Ohio, and yes. that and Ohio has been a very um, I guess nationally under the radar team for years. If you if you're not a, a dedicated college football fan, but believe me when I say. I don't give them much chance to beat Ohio, and I don't know hardly anything about Ohio, and it's just because of the coach they have had there forever, the system he's doing there. I've, God help me, his name's left me. He was at Nebraska early two thousands. Um, Frank Solich. Solich, yes, he, uh, you know, he's built a really solid program there. I mean, it, if y'all remember a few years ago, I, I want to say me and Brady were uh, at a football game, a college football game, and before it kicked off, there was a big Tron up there, and I remember a game. Where they were taking Ohio State, a pretty good Ohio State team if I remember right with Terrell prior to the wire. Now, granted, this has been a few years ago, but I'm just saying he he's not afraid of anybody, and I don't give Kansas as much chance as maybe Colin. Sounded like he kinda thought that they could win that game. I don't so much think so. So I kinda think this is their game that they need to win. Yeah, because their the other
2: two uh non conference games are Ohio, like you said, and the other one's at Memphis. And so this to me this is the game they have to win. Yeah. If they're gonna win
1: one. Exactly. Um a little bit about Rhode Island, if you're curious. Uh, they are qu- they're, they're two best players and really the only two worth talking about on the entire roster, in my opinion. Kicker Turner, Harold Cooper, linebacker Adam Parker. Um, they were both named a preseason All-American list uh, in their conference. And they are the first two that Rhode Island has had since 2011. So you're not talking about any kind of real roster strength there. Um, they're, from what I can tell, they're rebuilding. Uh, they've got 28 brand-new players on the roster this year. Uh, rivals did rank them as having the number one class in the Colonial League, if that means anything to you. So this new group of freshmen is the best in the Colonial League.
2: I don't even know where the Colonial League
1: is. So <laughs> I don't think that would mean <laughs> Neither do I. Game, so. <laughs> I've heard it mentioned before. That's about all I know. I, I know some of the teams that are involved in it, and that probably just shows how obsessive of a fan I am. I'm probably ridiculous. But um, last year they averaged a whopping 13 points a game. So... RPI in my opinion is a little high on this game but all that being said I got KU 37 13 and it's just because I think Rhode Island is that bad
2: yeah I I hope so for for the sake of Kansas fans I hope I hope that's that's right they need they need some they need a little positive Stepping their step up there for sure.
1: A big win would do their school no like doubt. the 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 mentality of the football program and everything. A big win. I don't care who it is would do them a lot of good. And who knows what that what that can springboard them to for later. You know. Yeah, um, I think
0: if they if they have a big win here, a a a solid win, at, you know, by quite a few points. I think that helps boost the boost the confidence level, and maybe be able to give Ohio a run for their money.
1: Exactly. That's what I was getting at. And you know, I kind of look for Willis to start. Cozart to play. I kind of look for Cozart to be somewhat more of a weapon for them this year, moving him around, doing some different things with him. In this game in particular, I expect Laquavionte Gonzalez, the aforementioned speedy, in a previous podcast, uh, and the Keon Kinnear to have huge games. I absolutely think, just from what I read about Royal Island, I think those two run wild. Probably the biggest games they may have in their career at Kansas. So, uh, anybody got anything else to add to that one? No, good luck. Not at all. Let's get a win. Good luck, Jayhawks. Yeah, let's win this one. We don't want another 0 for this year. Uh, Moving on, Northern Iowa versus Iowa State, and it's uh, 7 p.m. I didn't see a TV uh, mentioned anywhere on this one, and I may have overlooked it. Uh, Some of these started to run together. Um, 73.1% ISU on the RPI there. Um, this This one felt like it had the chance to be a matchup for a few reasons, in my opinion. Northern Iowa comes in the number five team in the FCS. Right, they're they're a solid team. If if you've had some of those early Saturday mornings like I have, where there wasn't crap on and you were flipping through the channels and you maybe turned into ESPN two in Northern Iowa was on and you got to see them play a little bit, they're not a bad team. They're not a bad program. They're one of the better ones in FCS. If it wasn't for North Dakota State, they probably would have maybe even made it to the national title game last year. North Dakota State knocked them out in the quarters, but um, yeah, they're they're a solid program.
2: I, I think one thing in this game is going to be interesting is is their offensive line, you know, they've they're completely demolished. And so I'm anxious to see how well they can block for Warren. Uh, he's a great talent, but, you know, you got to have blockers in front of you. And another thing I'm really interested in seeing is is how landing, the quarterback, how well he can get in a rhythm. He was so sporadic last year. You could see glimpses of great things, and then you would see just a total just like lack of knowledge of what was going on. So I, I'm anxious to see if he can get in a rhythm, and I'm really expecting Lazard just just to have a heck of a game because that that dude's a beast. So I'm really interested in seeing how well he does.
0: Yep, I'm with you. I want to see what I want to see what Landing does. See if he's progressed any from last year. See if he can get consistent with with his passing and uh, Lazard. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to watching him all year. I think that guy's going to be a a first rounder, future first rounder. So I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, Green Landing's got to step up his passing. Believe it or not, he was about a 55% passer last year. What, not terrible, but um, definitely not great in the Big 12 standards. Um, one area I think in getting back to Warren in the offensive line, one area I absolutely feel like Iowa State has a chance to dominate this situation is is the run game. Uh, North Northern Illinois averages about 280 pounds among defensive linemen across the board. They're a little undersized. Iowa State does have Big 12 linemen generally you know, in that area. Um, the secondary is not very good at all, and they lack experience. I expect Lazard probably to kill them. I, I, I mean, I think he'll probably – it wouldn't shock me if he had over 100 yards receiving and a couple touchdowns in this game. I, I just don't see them being able to hold him down at all. So I, I think Warren and Lazard will probably run right through this team.
2: That's kind of what I'm thinking too, that'd be my guess, because uh, Lazard is just a beast, and if, they, if their secondary is pretty weak, he, he's just going to destroy them. As long as landing can give him the ball, yeah, that's, yeah, it's been a big question mark for last year. Because landing would seem like you'd have two or three good, nice passes, and then one or two just dumb, dumb passes. So he has to bring that stuff
1: up. One thing about the, uh, the the little more tighter matchup in this situation is probably going to go to the to Northern Iowa's offense and Iowa State's defense. Um, Northern State Northern Iowa's offense returns quarterback Aaron Bailey, tyvis Smith, the running back, and four of the rest five starting offensive linemen. Um, they're having a little more issue with, you know, the receivers trying to get all that situation figured out and everything. But that being said, that's kind of their strength. And as we know, Iowa State's lo- lost some stuff in linebackers and stuff like that. Um, one area I expect, uh, or one guy to really watch on Iowa State's defense, um, the defensive tackle De- Demon Tucker. Um, I expect him just to absolutely blow right through them. He's a beast. I don't think they're going to be able to stop him at all. Um, you know, a little bit more about Northern Iowa if you're curious. They run a four-three. Uh, they only returned four starters. They, their key guy is an All-American candidate, Carter Schult. He had 23 tackles for loss and 15 sacks last year. So, you know, they're they're not bad. I just they're not they're not ready for Iowa State. Um, I got it being 34-24 Iowa State.
0: Yeah, well, last year didn't they? I'm pretty sure it was last year they opened up with the uh, same Northern Iowa, Iowa versus Iowa State and. I want to say it was thirty one seven final score with Iowa state winning that game
1: yeah so okay, I mean
0: you've got right, a little right. more experienced Iowa state team this year um especially i'm not I'm not so much sure on northern Iowa's experience with they return and all that but 15 i expect i expect more more of the same thirty one seven maybe even thirty eight thirty eight ten
1: yeah and, and this is a game where if Iowa state at all takes it off they can get beat it can happen. I mean, you're talking about 15 starters, one of the top five teams in FCS. And a lot of time, what we see in FCS is the starting 11 isn't far off. It's generally the depth that kills them. So if they can get ahead and, you know, see what happens. So anybody else want to throw out any other score on that game?
2: Uh, I'm thinking about 35 to 7, somewhere in there would be my guess. Okay,
1: okay. That's That's fair. That's fair. I wanted to say it was about a – is that one a 14-point line? I can't remember now. I looked it up at one point. Uh, it's not.
2: It's I didn't know. Oh, that's it's right. Like FCS. Assist. It doesn't have
1: a line. That's right. That, oh, I remember what it was. I read on the internet that uh, on one of the Iowa State websites, it said a few websites had it as a minus seven. So if that tells you anything. Wow, yeah. that's surprising. Well, I no money on that. Like I said, I probably would take them to definitely cover it, but I don't think it's. I think this is definitely going to be one of the closer matchups in the conference this week. Uh, Moving on to the next one, Uh, South Dakota State versus TCU, Saturday night, 7 p.m. on Fox Sports Net. Uh, FBI gives TCU basically almost a 95% chance to win this one. Thoughts on that one?
2: I'm, I'm really interested in seeing just the offensive flow with new quarterback. And just kind of see how, how well they how the, well their flow is going on offense. Uh, I mean, they got they got talent. There's no doubt, and that there's definitely more talent than South Dakota State has. There's that's you know not even a question. But I'm just kind of curious to see how well the quarterbacks play, how, how well uh, you know what what kind of their game plan is, and then also I'm anxious to see whenever they start rolling in the second team, watching the second team quarterback play because I know they've been in a little bit of a battle down there. So I'm kind of anxious to see both of them play a little bit, see what goes on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: I'm 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 interested in Kenny Hill. I wanna see I wanna see what kind of Kenny Hill we're gonna get. Is he gonna come out and roll like he did whenever he was with AM and you know when they played South Carolina, or is it gonna be the latter part of his starting days at A and M?
1: Yeah, I that I mean that's that's the question with TCU this year. In my opinion, if Kenny Hill is the Kenny Hill that played the first few games that year, TCU is right in this thing to the end. Uh, if not I think they're done by Halloween. Um, you know, the, you got obviously the, the big three here that are really going to tear up South Dakota. Kenny Hill, probably, obviously. Cavante Turpin, I expect to have a huge game. And uh, Kyle Hicks at running back, see what he likes to do. Um, they do add three grad transfers uh, John Diar's, a wide receiver from LSU to watch for. Uh, another running back, Derek Green, the Michigan transfer. And then Cole Hunt, the tight end from Rice. They really think that he could be somebody that can kind of break down some – give them something. They, I mean, if you think about TCU, they really haven't had a tight end that could, that scares you. They think maybe he could give them a little something they haven't had in recent years. Um, defensively, Josh Caraway and James McFarland on the defensive line, I absolutely expect to destroy South Dakota. I don't think they're going to – those two are going to wreck shop on them. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything about it.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be over pretty quick, to be honest. Yeah. If they go out and play like, like you know, play, they should – it should be over pretty quick.
1: Okay. And moving on into Stephen F. Austin and Texas Tech. Uh Saturday, seven PM, Fox Sports Southwest. Uh FPI gives Texas Tech a ninety eight point seven percent chance to win this one. How y'all feel about this one?
2: Well I I, I think this is like another scrimmage game. So I'm I'm thinking McComb's gonna have 500 yards and four touchdowns if he stays in there that long but i mean i, I expect him to light it up real fast and often
1: yeah so. yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't expect that to last too long
0: i agree this is just another another warm-up game not much to see here just Mahomes gonna dominate while he's in there and texas tech will run away with this and easily
1: yeah, they uh, Stephen F. Austin. You know, it, there's just not a lot to really like about them in this one. Um, the one, the one, I guess, brightest spot of it all. Their defensive line is considered one of the best in the Southland Conference. Um, you know, the area they could have some success maybe on offense. Uh, tech secondary, looking at them, isn't very good. I would, I would call them mediocre by D1 standards at best um they do return all their skill pretty much all their dangerous skill position players so um and the zach conk kid the quarterback he can run well uh he's matter of fact he's already Stephen f austin's all-time leading rusher from as a quarterback from the quarterback position um you know i if that's if that's their only saving grace that's it I, if they're going to expose them it's going to be because they hell married it and just beat them downfield a lot because it's, uh, Tech's secondary is not uh, not Big 12 caliber, but I feel like good enough to stop Stephen F. Austin. So I ex- I look for Stockton, Felton, and White to split snaps from the running back position. Uh, if you're a body and you're wearing a wide receiver number, I expect you to get to play in this game.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I, I just don't see any chance whatsoever that Stephen F. Austin makes this a game. I got Tech 65-13, and the 13 comes from a late touchdown with nobody in there at all.
0: I, I'm, that's a pretty good assumption to me too. Yep, I've got no argument with that.
1: All right, so we're gonna roll into on the ones everybody's interested about. Hopefully, you're still awake and still with us. We felt like we had saved the best for last. Uh, Notre Dame versus Texas, Sunday, six thirty on ABC. Fifty-six point eight percent chance Texas is what FBI says. They give Texas the chance to win this one.
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm one thing I'm really interested in watching in this game. One, one thing is, is, is Texas getting better? They struggled so much the last couple of years. Are, are they making strides to get better? Not necessarily are they going to win the game, but are you seeing signs and flashes of them improving? And, and another thing I'm interested in watching is Texas' defensive line against uh, Notre Dame's offensive line, because their, their offensive line is legit. It's, it's the real deal. And so if, if they can kind of control that line of scrimmage, they're going to have a shot. But if, if Notre Dame is able to, to lay it on them, up front, it, it might be over quicker than what we think.
1: Brady?
0: Yeah, I, I I have a little more confidence in Texas. I don't know why, but normally I wouldn't. But I think I think Texas, with their defense, I think can hold them in this game. I, I'm still curious on how is going to look or who we're going to see more, Swopes or Buchel. But I think... For some reason, I'm picking Texas to win this game. Um, I think their run game can get going. I think with Notre Dame, how many guys have they got suspended now? Six for this home opener.
1: Well, they, or, got, they got a couple. Not home suspended. opener, but they've got a couple, Their opener. They got a couple that are indefinitely suspended. They do have some that are that that um, Kelly is deeming available if we need them. So however you want to label that.
0: Well, either way, they're, they're still losing some guys, and you know they are also rolling out the dual quarterback. What you'll probably see the same as Texas. So, I think a lot of this a lot of this game will ride in the ebbs and flow of the game. I mean, I think that if Texas makes statements early and gets up on top of them and builds their confidence up, I think they could squeak out a win here. I mean, it's it's in it's in Austin, so it's it's a pretty big game. Should the fans should be out there to make a make a pretty big statement?
1: Yeah, you got you got the people in Austin pretty uh, pretty pumped up for this season. Uh, a lot of expectations, obviously. Uh, a little self admission here on this game here in particular. Before I started researching this game, I'll be honest with you. I was probably going to pick Notre Dame to win this game closely. Um, after really diving, and that was going off the little bit I'd seen about them, you know, through the the usual channels we collect our information. Um. After really diving into this game, I got Texas winning this game, and it you, Notre Dame. Just a few little things about them: they returned six starters, only six. They lost a thousand yard rusher CJ Prosize, and their top three wide receivers all out the door. Um, now let me preempt that by saying Notre Dame does recruit well, and they have recruited pretty well. A few of the recruits I felt like personally are overrated. I'm a recruiting junkie. It's just. I just feel like a few of them, they aren't up to, to snuff is what some people do. But for the most part, they've recruited well. Um, you know, they come into this game ranking 10, the highest ranking they've had since 2006. Like he said, you'll see both quarterbacks, Zaire and Kaiser. Me personally, I'm a huge fan of Kaiser. He's the younger one. He's big, long, looks like an NFL quarterback. Just kind of looking at him kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Colin uh, Kaepernick, just the way he's built. Um, he runs well, heck of an arm Zaire, he's great in his own right They both won games against big teams last year Both good quarterbacks I'm just personally a bigger fan of Kaiser um, The two running backs They're going to bring into this game Josh Adams and Terry Falston. Folston is the one who, if you watched this game I know I was seeing it uh, Falston is the one that had his ACL tour Against Texas last year um, He rushed for 889, 80, 889 yards and 14 But we haven't seen anything out of him since then really Adams, yeah, he was solid last year a little bit. Um, they lost a lot off their defense. And Notre Dame's defense was really good last year. Very under – I mean, people talked about him, but not as much as I felt like they should have at times. I mean, they lost—they literally, when I say literally, literally lost award winners at all three levels of this defense. Their front seven got hit hard. I just I, – to, to me, Notre Dame doesn't bring an experienced enough team into this game to win it. Is it talented enough? I think it's very possible that that's talented enough. I just don't think it's experienced enough.
0: Yeah, and I think that experience is going to show, or that non-experience is going to show whenever you're up against 100,000 in Austin.
1: I guess
2: I'm on the other side of this coin on this one because my, my thing is this. I Texas hasn't shown me yet that they're able to win a game like this. What I mean by that is like, the last two years, from what they've done, I just I haven't seen it. Now, that doesn't mean they can't do it, and if they did it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because they have the talent to do it. But they just haven't played well enough for me to say they're going to beat Notre Dame at home. I, I, I just, I just don't know. I, I have a hard time picking them in this.
1: I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, they have beat. Some, I mean, obviously they beat Oklahoma last year. But I, in my opinion, I still say it was more Oklahoma than Texas. Um, they they they're dangerous enough to beat you if you let them. And I and I think. With the inexperience, you're going to see in Notre Dame in places, especially at the skill position. Like I said, they lost four of their most dangerous weapons on that offense line last year. Pro size, I mean, that's a huge – that dude is a good – it was a great back in college. I think it would be solid in the NFL. Um, you know, that – my the big question of Texas is and, and – I'm fully – expecting. and some people may not know, not understand, may not have read. There's a lot of uh, misinformation out of there. I expect Swoops to start this game and probably play the majority of it. Um, that's what I am hearing. If you'd have held a gun to my head and asked me two weeks ago, I'd have probably said it's, it's Bushell. But now I'm fully convinced Swoops is going to play most of this game. He's going to have to get off to a much better start. Last year was atrocious. If you watched the game last year and a lot of it was his fault and a lot of some of it wasn't, it was a very uncreative offense at times. Uh, they didn't even play to his strengths that well, in my opinion. Um, and where I, One thing we usually generally see with some of these heralded offensive coordinators One thing they usually do is they come in and take a lot of the thinking out of the quarterback's hands In my opinion, he's probably going to have a lot of one-look read and get it out You know, things like that quick get, You know, they're, they're going to try to You know, we saw it with uh, Boinkin. You know, Boykin, in my opinion, was horrible May have been the Big 12's worst quarterback What was that, 2013? I mean, he was terrible that year just a few coaches changed, and a year later, and look what he turned into. I mean, he was feared by yep. people.
2: Well, you know, I, I think in this game we're all in agreement, though it's going to be a close ball game. We don't, yeah, We, yes, don't, we, we, don't, see, we no. don't see either one of them walking away with the game. No, but, definitely. So I mean, yeah,
0: like, and I, I think the lower the score uh, for both teams, I think benefits Texas. I think if they if they can keep Notre Dame right. from scoring and you know keep this game you know under you know, the winner scoring no more than twenty four points. That's how I think Texas wins this game.
1: Fully agree. I expect I expect uh, Texas to lean on its running backs for and Warren pretty hard. I expect Burt to give Notre Dame's defense some issues on the outside, catching the ball. Um, I really expect on defense, Puna Ford, Malik Jefferson, and Anthony Wheeler in the front seven to absolutely take this thing over. Um, and one little key name for me, just a little bit of looking around, I expect P.J. Locke in the nickel position to do some good things. Um, I Me, I've got twenty-seven, seventeen, Texas uh, Defenses are both pretty solid I don't think Notre Dame bring, brings enough Offensively Texas is a very good defense, guys I mean, it, in my opinion They're still a little shy in the secondary of what we're used to seeing as Texas But they're a solid defense And and Notre Dame's going to have to come in there After losing several of its most best playmakers And try to put some points up on them In Austin, I just don't know that they're going to have the experience to do that yet That's just me
0: yeah, one one interesting note, um, Charlie Strong. I can't remember exactly where I saw this, but he's um, O and eleven in games when opponents score first. Hmm. While he's been at Texas.
1: Wow, I, I mean, and a lot of that's indicative of the quarterback play he's had, and indicative of the offense they've ran. I mean, and they're yeah. not, they're not going to catch anybody in what they've done in the past. And a lot of that's changing this year. And let me let me uh, give a little note here: the twenty seven seventeen. I have this pretty much being a touchdown game all the way. I just think Texas maybe kicks a late field goal or something and puts it more than seven points. I mean, I got them winning by 10. But it's not because I think Texas dominates this game by any means. Yeah.
0: So I've got it. At me, I would I would pick 24-21. I think it comes down to Texas kicking a field goal at the end to win it.
2: Well, I guess that will kind of roll us right into our next game then, the Oklahoma and Houston game, the last game on the schedule for the Big 12 this week. And so, uh, I guess, what what are you guys' thoughts on this OU game?
1: Well, it's, um, just in case you're uh, not paying attention, it's 11 a.m. on ABC. Um, This one, I'm going to say it's probably slightly high in the FBI, but I don't think it's as far off as some feel like it is. It's 90% 90 chance, basically, OU wins the game. Uh, What do you think about it, Brady?
0: I think, I'm kind of in agreement, I think that, that OU I think Houston and OU keep it the game stays close you know first half you know maybe a little bit in the second half but I think the depth that OU has versus the depth that, that Houston has OU will pull away by you know the end score may not look like much of a challenge but I think that uh you know it'd be a 20 point win for OU in my opinion
2: yeah I, I'm in to agree with with you guys on, on the score I, I think OU's on pull away late um the only chance I think Houston really has in the game is if Ward is able to to move and get out of the pocket and make things happen. Uh, if if they can contain him and keep him where he has to throw constantly, and not let him use any of his legs, uh, you know that that's going to be a big plus for OU. But uh, I I think OU's defensive line has the ability to do that. Uh, that but to me, that would be the only way really Houston can stay in the ball game. That and they're going to need a few turnovers. They're going to need something positive happen that way in their favor too
0: yeah Yeah, the the worst thing that can happen to OU is they let Houston get off to a really good start you know score touchdowns in the first two drives build that confidence up for them and you know then OU's kind of backpedal at that point playing catch up so I think if OU can get get out on them early and stop them you know the first couple drives I think this thing you know I I say it could be could be close after half, but it could get out of hand early if that were to happen.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree with the the send a message early. If if you if O U can come out, hit them in the mouth, and tell them, hey, you're still Houston, and they know that. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to have to hang in this game. Um, and the, on the other side of that coin, if Houston hangs around, they're dangerous. You can't let yes. them. In my opinion, you need to have distanced yourself by the fourth quarter if you're going to feel comfortable about putting this thing away. Um, I look for OU to lean on its running backs, especially – yes, we know they have Baker Mayfield, but that offense did not become that offense until they started handing the ball to those two backs at the same time out of the backfield, plain and simple. As Texas. Um, The defensive coordinator, I've forgotten his name. He's hilarious. But um, for Texas, he said – if you listen to some of the tape of him from last year, he said, you know, they talked about him. What What was his key to success at stopping Oklahoma? And he said, nothing. I was just praying to God they wouldn't turn around and hand it to those backs. And, I mean, that's the case. That Yes, Baker Mayfield's exciting, but the run game is what makes this thing go. And that's in my opinion, that's Houston's only saving grace. I feel like offensively, I don't care what Ward does, I think oh, OU can outscore him. If it comes down in my opinion, Houston's only shot is controlling the run game. And I yes, people are I'm not as high on their front seven. A lot of people are falling in love with it. Think it's all it's really good. Um in my opinion, uh the defensive line to me looked like a lower Big Twelve defensive line. And now they do add Ed Oliver. Um if you're a recruiting guru. Five star guy. Five star guy out of Houston, right? When he had a Houston area. He was out of the, yep. he was out of that area. Um very talented guy. I I expect him to cause some havoc up the middle. I just don't. Samaj P Ryan and Joe Mixon. You just, with the exception of maybe what Tennessee has in their backfield, I don't know if there's a better duo in the country. Um, you know, Houston's got to control that, and I don't see them being able to do that.
2: Yeah. It, you know, it, you know and one thing is, is when you look at Oklahoma in the past few years, their Achilles' heel has been quarterbacks that are dual threat. So I mean, that's why I was talking about earlier. They, if they keep Ward in the pocket and make him have to throw the ball not use any of his legs, I I, I think that they could control the whole ball game. I mean, I think that's, as far as their defensive scheme, that's got to be the key thing to do is keep him contained. And if they do it, I, I think Oklahoma walks away in the second half pretty pretty easily.
0: Yep, keeping him contained not going to be an easy task. I mean, that guy's got some amazing talent back there. He's not a very good passer, but. He gets in the open field and he can he can hit a seam and take off quick.
1: A little bit about him. He's one of. If may not know this. He's one of only two quarterbacks last year who threw for two thousand yards rushing. Had two. Sorry, threw for two thousand yards and rushed for a thousand yards. Um, I've watched him. In my opinion, if you want to kind of look for what they might do, if those of you who watched the Oklahoma Baylor game, I kind of look for Oklahoma to do a lot of the same things. Kind of take away the short flat passes underneath with the linebackers. Force everything deep and on the outside boundaries and let their corners, who are very good corners both of them, especially Jordan Jefferson, probably a future high NFL round pick. Um, you know, let your let your corners play the boundaries and, and force him to put it in tight little windows there. And, and the number one thing that really seems to get him, like a lot of quarterbacks like him, is indecision. If you can get him to take that step, oh, I'm going to run, and then all of a sudden he gets his eyes on a linebacker that's about to take his head off, then he stops. And then he's got to look for a pass, and then he might run. You get that going on, and his feet constantly. Uh, that's your chance. You know, the indecision is your chance to shut him down. And uh, he doesn't throw all that well in the run to me. Um, he's he's just an incredible athlete with a solid arm. That, that's basically what he is. And, he, and he's not, not taking anything away from the guy. He's just not going to beat you with his arm, in my opinion. Right. So yeah, you gotta you gotta control. You gotta keep everything in front, basically.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, with uh, you. I think. I think OU puts their puts their corners on an island out there and lets them lets them cover them one on one, maybe a little press at the line, and then get them one on one and get some pressure on on Ward. Uh, I think you said Jordan Jefferson. I think you meant Jordan Thomas. Sorry, earlier. Jordan
1: Thomas. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm reading this as I'm looking. There's a Jefferson on here. My apologies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew who you meant. I just wanted to make sure everybody else knew. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for catching that. I, I was trying to read as I talk. Um, also. One thing to keep in mind, too, that I'm interested to see with Oklahoma, they're, if, if, if there's a saving grace for Houston, if there's a chance for them to really expose some, Oklahoma's young at linebacker. They brought back one linebacker off last year's defense. Um, the defense at Oklahoma is really good. I think it'll probably be the best in the Big 12 again this year. But now I will say this. If they're young, but they're very talented. It's a very – the Oklahoma is slowly building back that depth and that higher level of talent that they've had in Bob's early days, that elite talent. That's what they're slowly getting. But it is inexper- inexperienced. This is a big stage. If you're going to expose some people, you know, some slot receivers over the middle, you know, some crossing patterns, confusing some young guys, giving them some looks that maybe they're not used to seeing, you know, a lot of a lot of window dressing, people call it, guys in motion, things like that. If that's where you're going to take advantage of Oklahoma, it's going to be there, because everywhere else they're pretty stacked.
2: Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. Oklahoma's probably going to pull away in the second half, though. So.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm slo- late third quarter. I got them distancing themselves. I've got 41 27 Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I would say right about that as well.
1: Yeah, that's about the ballpark I would have too. Okay, well, that sums up this week in the Big 12. Um, I know that might have seemed a little long. It'll get a little shorter as these teams start playing each other instead of other teams. Um, moving into a little bit of a thing we're going to do here uh we're going to try to hold ourselves a little bit accountable because nobody else will and uh do some picks here every week kendall is going to find us a few games he feels like are interesting to y'all and us to pick and that's what we're going to do here so the floor is yours sir
2: all right well uh first game we got here um up at lambeau field on the packers we're going to have uh lsu a 10 point favorite going in there against wisconsin so we're just going to pick against the spread here against five games so uh Corey, who do you have in the LSU and, and Wisconsin game?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take LSU, even though that's kind of a home game for Wisconsin in a sense. I I think they'll cover the ten points. I did Wisconsin solid. I, the offense on Wisconsin doesn't impress me a whole lot, so I, I would take. I would think they could they could cover the ten.
0: How about you, Brady? Same here, man. I'm taking LSU. I think I think they're too talented on offense and defense. I think if Miles actually lets the quarterback, you know, unleashes the quarterback a little bit, it could could be way more than 10 but i just don't see wisconsin as being a a powerful team this year and lsu will run all over them
2: all right well we have, have colin he's out he gave me his picks he, he's taking lsu and then jock strap he's sick tonight and uh jock strap he's going against the grain here he's taking wisconsin with the points he said so uh but for me i'm, I'm with you guys i think lsu is too talented but uh you know we'll, we'll have to wait to see a Friday night i mean sorry saturday night uh, the second game we have on our little pick here, we have uh, Ole Miss and Florida State. Florida State's a four-and-a-half-point favorite.
0: Monday night matchup, right?
2: Yes, that's on Monday night, yes. Go ahead, Brady, what do you got?
0: I got Florida State. I think they're, to me, I, I know Clemson has talked about a lot in the ACC, but they're a team to watch and watch over there. I think they can give Clemson a run for the money. I think Clemson goes there this year, so. I don't know. I think I think Florida State. I think Florida State covers this easy, to be honest.
1: Uh, one thing I will say for I I expect Florida State to cover too. But one thing that's interesting about this game is um, I've I had his name walking in here tonight. But Florida State's normal starting quarterback. I lost his name. Um, they're playing Francois, redshirt freshman, I believe. Maybe even true freshman. He's uh, you know, no experience at all to speak of. So that'll be something to be. And and Ole Miss can score, boys. I mean they. That quarterback's pretty good, by far the best in the SEC, and in my opinion, probably the only one that could hang in in the Big Twelve with our guys. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with
0: that.
2: Well, we have uh, Colin has Florida State. Um, well, I it's it's a clean sweep. Everybody's picking Florida State on this. All five of us got Florida State on this one.
1: Florida State. I mean, that seriously might be the most talented roster in the country.
2: Yeah, they are very talented. You're young, but they're very talented. Mm. Uh, moving on, to the third game, we got uh, Southern Cal playing Bama. Uh, Alabama's a 10 and a half point favorite, and that one's going to be taking place in Jerry's World, in Dallas. So, what do you guys got on that
1: one? I, I'm going to go with Alabama, just out of I hate doing this, but just out of respect at the machine he's built there, uh, even with the questions, and I just USC is just not USC yet. They're they're not what we've come to know them to be. So, I'm going to take Alabama to win that, as much as I feel bad about it.
0: I'm going against the grain here. I'm going to pick USC for this one. I think Alabama quarterback situation, which we know in Nick Saban's offenses, it doesn't really matter what the quarterback does. But first game out of the gate, I expect Alabama to win, but I think USC will, will cover the spread.
2: Well, I don't, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for you, but Colin's going along with you on this ride for USC. Oh, uh, well, I'm doomed. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking too on that.
2: But but Colin also said he, he thought USC would cover the, Colin cover the points. Colin <laughs> and then uh, jock straps got alabama covering and i, I kind of looked at it I-, I i think alabama's gonna cover i think i don't think it's gonna be a big cover i mean i'm, I'm expecting win maybe by 14 or so so i'm not expecting like a big blowout but i i do expect them covering this game one
1: thing to be interesting about that too besides the fact they don't have a quarterback they're still not decided as of right now on the running back there's you know they think they know but it's something to watch there too that could be interesting too
2: yes well, this next game is, of course, Notre Dame and Texas. Notre Dame's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's go ahead and, and pick pick on here and put it on paper. So what do you got, Corey? Uh,
1: I'm going to take Texas to cover that, definitely with Notre Dame being the favorite. If Texas loses, I expect it to be pretty close. So. How about you, Brady?
0: Well, since I picked Texas to win, I'm I'm assuming they're going to cover.
2: <laughs> well, let's see here. We got uh, Colin is saying Notre Dame's going to cover. Ethan's got uh, Notre Dame covering or uh, jockstrap jockstrap's gun covering and me I th- I man i've went back and forth in this game like 15 times i no, did no, i i did i too, I, did too. I, I still until i see texas prove it I, i'm sticking with notre
1: dame that's, I, I that's mean, my that's, only thing i can't knock you for that you're, you're not wrong there and yep okay
2: the last game we have here on our picks for gets a spread we have uh number three oklahoma minus 10 uh the favorite by 10 at houston so uh what do you guys have on that one
1: i i've I'm, got him being i've got him covering it i mean i gave my score i i think they i think they probably go up by 10 or so late third quarter early fourth quarter and then just kind of ease into the finish line there i, I think they yeah. cover it
0: yep i'm picking ou as well
2: all right well we've got uh cullen he's going against the grain he's got houston i wouldn't expect anything yeah, less well i think cullen's pick out. was
0: houston for the win i, think I don't so, think too. he's covering the spread i think he picks Houston to win this game
2: yeah I I think he's kind of out on island on that one by himself
1: but yeah uh, small little itty bitty island but he's out there
2: jockstrap's got OU and I'm going to take OU to cover as well yeah
1: okay um one little final thing that's all of them right correct yeah that's all five of you uh one little final thing we do for a little more accountability we felt like since we didn't get a chance to do a season preview for a few different reasons outside of the big 12 uh, we thought we would give our playoff predictions, whether you care or not. And by, I'm sure you, you by all means email and tweet at us how stupid and wrong we are. That's fine, we can take it. Um, let's start off with you, Kendall. Who do you got? Right. Who's your big playoff predictions? And if you want to throw in why on any of it, feel free.
2: Well, uh, m- mine's probably gonna be a little bit different than than some people. But I, I got Clemson at one. I've got OU at two. Oklahoma at two. LSU at three. I think this is the year they they finally knock off. Finally Alabama. get Saban. I think this is the year in Death Valley. And four. This is kind of a pick that I, it's I, I'm not I don't feel really confident about. I don't it, really but like my number four either. I have Iowa at four.
1: I I, I, I wow. almost did. I almost did it. I almost. I, took I know Iowa that sounds too, crazy, so but
2: whether they played last year and with their schedule, I I think they they could squeak uh, this thing out. Everybody's really.
1: overlooking them, and that's a very experienced football team returning. So it, it then that'd be my four
2: and then uh pick the two winners out of that i would have uh clemson coming out of one uh, against uh iowa and then i'd have lsu squeaking out one against ou and then from a national champion i'd have clemson that would be my, my pick
1: okay and that's very good i i mean iowa i can't uh, believe me i there was about a five minute period where i was considering it i, d- I just don't i don't know how they'll do against the other side when it comes time to play, but right. in their their side of the Big Ten, I expect them to absolutely roll.
2: That's kind so, of am thinking. If they can make it to the Big Ten championship game, you know they just got to play yeah. good for one
1: game and yeah. they're in. Yeah, they almost so, did it last yep. year. Yep. They were damn close yep. last year. So, all right, Brady, go ahead.
0: All right, for me, I uh, I also have a little different picks than than most, I'm sure. Um, I don't have Clemson. I've got Florida State being the number one. I think, you know, with Clemson going to Florida State this year, I think that Florida State can can win that game and you know, with that win, I think that can get them to the number one spot. Then I've got kind of similar to Kendall on picks two and three. I've just got them reversed. I've got LSU getting past Alabama this year. And then I've got Oklahoma coming at number three. And then for my fourth, I think I'm with you guys and not feeling too confident about this, but I'm gonna go with Stanford. I'm leaving out the big ten. I think there's going to be too much too much back and forth and you're not going to have a you know maybe a, a two loss team winning that winning the Big 10 championship game. So I can't I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Stanford there.
1: I can't I, knock yeah, that. Me I mean either. there's a lot of people not giving the Pac-12 much of a chance. A lot of people saying a two loss team will come out of that conference, but I can't say that that's any smarter or dumber than the Big 10 being that way. So no, I, no. I definitely agree. Um, Give me two seconds here. I'm pulling up Colin. Colin has well, who, who
2: do you have coming out? I mean, how... oh yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead and
0: finish your so line. I've got in the uh, championship game. I've got Oklahoma and Florida State meeting up, and then I've got the uh, the hometown favorite Oklahoma winning that one.
2: you get the Big Twelve,
0: real good.
1: Okay. Colin sent me his. Uh, he has number one Clemson, number two Bama. His number three is Oklahoma. His number four is Michigan. He didn't give me any whys on any of these. Sorry. Um, he has Clemson over Michigan in game one. He's got Alabama over Oklahoma in game two, which I wouldn't expect any less from him. And uh, he's got Clemson beating Alabama in a repeat of the national championship, which hasn't happened in a long time. But that's fine. That's just. I mean, I can't say that's. I mean, as of right now, on can't can't knock it. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. At, at the beginning of September, that's not necessarily a dumb pick. So. Well. I- I guess I'll
2: roll into Jockstrap's picks here. Since he was sick, uh, he's got uh, his four teams. He's got Oklahoma at one. He, he, th- he, he was telling me he thinks All they're right. going to run the table as far as uh, regular season. Then he had Alabama at two. Uh, he has Clemson at three,
0: and Stanford at four.
2: He thinks Pac Ten's going to sneak in too. He he didn't. He's much on. Any.
0: He's on the Stanford train like he's, I am.
2: He is. He, he he's a big McCaffrey fan. He thinks the kid's going to put up some big numbers. And uh, out of those two games, he has Oklahoma beating uh, Stanford, and he has uh, Alabama beating Clemson in the semifinal, I mean, semifinals. So it would be OU and Alabama in the finals, and he said it's going to be a squeaker, but he, he was leaning towards Alabama in the, in the championship game. But he was going back and forth quite a bit, I know that, on that one.
0: I'll take a Bob Stoops matchup versus Alabama.
1: Yeah, I think the country reacted to that pretty well last time it happened. So Yeah. Um, okay, I've got Florida State. One in the ACC, I think, with Clemson having to go there. I just think they pull it out. And uh, both play pretty – Louisville is the only other wild card in that situation, if you know anything about the ACC, depending on how the two play against Louisville. But other than that, I just don't see anybody beating Florida State in that conference. And the quarterback will be back in a couple games. Um, I got Oklahoma running the table in the Big 12. That's mostly about the Big 12 being down this year. I don't think – I mean, it hasn't happened in a while that anybody's gone undefeated. It's just really hard for me to find a game that Oklahoma's going to lose. And if they do, you know, they survived it last year from a 5 and 7 Texas team. So, you know, if OU if
0: OU loses early, I think it's, you know, their first five games are pretty tough, I think. Yeah. I think they're still in and then, you yeah. know, the the big game at the end against Oklahoma State.
1: Unless Kenny Hill turns into Steve Young, I just I don't see anybody. I, and they I'm sure they'll lose. I mean, I'd say they will. They're going to lose somewhere. I just don't see it. Um, Number three, I got LSU. I agree. I think they catch Alabama and Death Valley this time around. Um, The key thing to watch with that one is the following week, they play Arkansas that's being overlooked. And if you know anything about Alabama, the week after you play Alabama, you usually don't do too well. Um, It's just a fact. Look it up. Um, number four, and I, I went round and round and round and round on this one. I, if I could see them putting two teams in this year, it would, from the same conference, it wouldn't be them. But just knowing how much talent this team has, as well as he's recruited, I'm going to feel like Ohio state finds a way to put it together and win the big 10 this year. I, they have a ridiculous amount of talent. Trust me. They have their quarterback coming back. They have time. They're going to be, they, you know, they may lose to Oklahoma. But if they, if that say that's their only loss, I mean that's not going to keep them out if we have Oklahoma number two. So in that scenario, I think, and I just I can't buy Michigan. I, I I'm sorry, I'm but he you. he hasn't done anything to prove it. I, they did win some games last year in what the Citrus Bowl or whatever. I did, I don't. They've yeah, got I'm, and they have I'm no. I'm with you on
0: the Michigan man. I I don't buy it yet until I see it. I mean he's he's got a lot of hype coming his way, but but until I see him put it together for a season i'm not buying that hype
1: exactly if they got their quarterback back i might i might say okay i I can see it but they don't and i just i just i'm not ready to to buy and i think he's a hell of a coach he's an awesome coach i loved him at the 49ers i just don't i don't think he's i don't think they're ready um in this scenario i've got florida state beating ohio state and I, i guess i'm going chalk here i got oklahoma knocking off lsu in what I think would be an epic game this year, if especially if LSU can find any form of quarterback play. Um, there'll be a ton of talent on the field in that game. Uh, and I got Florida State playing Oklahoma, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I haven't said this in probably five or six years, but I'm picking Oklahoma to win the national title. All and right. The last time I last time I did, and believe me, if uh, the people on this podcast know me well enough to know I put a lot of thought into this and took it very seriously, and it took me a while to come to that conclusion. And I haven't said that about Oklahoma since probably 2010, 2009. And I, or Big 12 team, period, for that matter. I haven't picked to win the Big 12 title or to win the title. I'm picking Oklahoma to win the whole thing.
2: You know, one one thing we can all agree on is this: there's going to be a heck of a lot of up and down in the season. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns. We see it every year. So our picks now might might seem great, but by the time it gets here, it might be uh, it totally be trash, crazy. Yes. So I mean.
0: Yeah, It'll I mean, me I look, I look well, at my, I look at my four picks, and I mean, damn, it could be zero. I could be over four well, by I, the end of the year.
1: I can think of one injury each on one, each one of these teams that completely takes them a mile right. out of this race. I mean, Oklahoma, if Mayfield goes down, you're looking at a true freshman quarterback. LSU, if Leonard Fournette goes down, they're good, but they're not LSU. No. Um, Ohio State, if the quarterback goes down, I lost his name. I'm, I'm sorry. If he goes down. Barnett, Barrett, Barrett, uh, Barrett. Yeah, J.T. Barrett. If he goes down, you know they're done by far. FSU has a little more wiggle room. Their quarterback isn't as featureable part of their offense as these other teams may have. Or take out know. the running back, though. Yes. Yeah. I Agreed. And I do think they may have uh, their that running back doesn't get near enough credit. I think he's spectacular. I think he's probably one a one b to Leonard Fournette. But
0: yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm
1: with you on that one.
2: It's gonna be interesting, that's for sure. So we has gotta hang on and see what happens now. I'm just glad football's here and let's get it going.
1: Yep. Uh thanks for joining us again this week, guys. Uh sorry that this rant ran a little wrong. Uh we we just try to do the best. We all love this conference. We wanna see it do good. Um, you know, and feel free to keep uh, send us info and news. Uh what is it? Big twelve at Big Twelve at Gmail Big Twelve Country at Gmail is our email, Brady. Yep. I at that big big
0: XII Country at Gmail.
1: Yep. Uh, follow us at Big 12 Country on Twitter. Um, send us your feedback, info, show topics, anything you want to send. We got pretty thick skin, or we'll just ignore it. One or the other. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Until next week, everybody say bye. All right. Thanks. Guys. All right. Take care.